Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I'm so excited you're joining us today. Uh, this podcast exists because we believe words matter, and your world, our world, can be changed through healthy communication. So we hope to challenge you, encourage you uh, to choose words that bring life and communicate in healthy ways. Well, today I'm so grateful to jump into a conversation with our guest. Uh, we're talking about casting vision and using words by painting pictures, tugging on heartstrings, uh, showing people uh, where they could be if they jump on board with the vision. And I've listened to our guest multiple times cast vision. And he, he is an extremely talented at casting vision. And he, he does, not only does this so well, but he does this in a way that I, people just respond because uh, he casts that vision in such a way. And what I love how he casts vision is he casts vision for people who can't speak up for themselves. And so we're gonna have a conversation about this today. So our guest today is an author, speaker, a leader, uh, a friend. I'm so honored he's joining us. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Greg Nettle. Thank you, Greg, for joining us. Jason, it's just such an honor and privilege. You know, you and I have a friendship that goes way back into your early church planting days. And I've traveled up when you were there to the middle of the mitt of Michigan. Uh, you haven't asked me to come down in Florida yet, my friend. I'm waiting for that invite. But man, what a delight it is to be on the on this on the on this podcast today. Thank you. Absolutely. And just thank you for rescheduling. The last time we were actually scheduled, a little thing called Hurricane Ian came through and <laughs> So we, uh, we appreciate that. So if you could just catch up our listeners, uh, just kind of give us the who you are, wh what you do, where you're from, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, Jason, just in a nutshell, uh, you know, I started out, my, my first church plant was in Dublin, Ireland when I was 23 years old, which was just crazy, right? So I had this passion for evangelism and the church and did that. And then God called me to Northern Ohio and I spent the next 25 years there wow. at a church that became the River Tree Christian Church Movement and had the privilege of, you know, watching it, you know, move through wonderful uh, uh, movements of growth and agony and all that goes with that. Um, thought I'd be there the rest of my life. And then um, about 11 years ago, God called me to uh, be the president of Stadia which is a worldwide church planting organization um, that our job is to help you, Jason, and all of our listeners start new thriving, growing, multiplying churches for the next mm. generation. Mm. And our vision for is for every child on the planet to have a church. Um, and because we know, you know, new church planting is the single most effective way of reaching people with the gospel. Yep. And um, the vast majority of those who make a decision to follow Jesus do so before the age of 18. So when we combine new church planting with caring for the next generation, what we see are exponential kingdom results. And so I'm trying to cast vision to you there, Jason, and to all the, the, the listeners right now. Yep. Um, I'm married to my wife, Julie. We just celebrated 29 years ago, a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, our daughter, Tabitha, I'm so proud of her. Uh, she's 23, just got married a year ago, and she's a worship leader at a Stadia church plant. And then, of course, we have our 14-year-old son, this amazing young man, Elijah John, um, with a name like that, I think he's going to be a vision caster. And uh, he's a freshman in high school uh, wow. here at our local public school. Uh, and we're right in the city of Cleveland because we love snow. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before we hop into some of the questions, I mean, Greg, I, I was just immediately taken back to the time where you had Tracy and I um, out, out to your house for the weekend and you had some Stadia supporters gathered and you 
told this group of people about our adoption plans and you helped raise money for Kai's adoption. And, and here he is. He's been with us almost six years, thriving, uh, just doing so well. And I just, you know, I'm just still so grateful, Greg, like just appreciate it. So, uh, but one of the things I do love about you and what I've learned from you over the years is how you use your voice to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. So I'm just wondering, you know, when did you come to that place in your life when you figured out that you could use your voice to speak up? And that was part of your plan, you know, to cast vision for those who, who couldn't, you know, speak up for their own lives. You know, it, that's a fascinating question, um, Jason, because if, you know, I, most of our listeners are familiar with strengths finders or a multitude of other uh, gift tests. And so, you know, one of my uh, top strengths is futuristic and strategic and ideation and those. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, no, it's no surprise that I think out front and think vision, in a visionary way, right? Um, the, the one that I've got to wrestle through with is like I, my, my, my gifts are not in the area of empathy or responsibility or, you know, harmony or any of those things. And yet, um, so when it comes to, this is always, um, I, I work really hard at this because I'm mm. so bad at it, Jason. Like, mm. you know, we, we, I, if there's a funeral, I have to go to my wife whose top gift strength is empathy and say, Julie, should I go to this funeral? And she'll say, yes, you need to go to this funeral. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when it comes to caring for other people, I, um, on a day-to-day -day basis, oh my gosh, compassion gifts and stuff, they're just not even on the chart for me. Sure. But when it comes to justice issues or mm. caring for those who can't speak for themselves, I have a deep, deep passion for that and I feel deeply about it. So that's that that's just an interesting question there. You know, I it, it, it's weird. It started at a young age. You know, I'd be involved in a let's say a high school musical. And at the same time, I was asked to be a peer mentor to a group of um, special needs students in our high school, mm. which I'm going, wait, you know, as I look back, what was that about? Um, yeah. You know, and, and then just like you, I mean, the reason uh, that we, you know, helped you and your wife adopt, which is such a great story to remember, um, is because we adopted and we had been helped the same way that we helped you. And so then yeah. you start standing, you know, speaking up and casting vision for what would it look like if every church in Ohio, just one person from every church would adopt a child out of foster care, the foster care system would empty. Man, you know what? That's right. compelling vision, right? That's right. compelling vision. And, 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 it's, and it's doable. That's just crazy numbers. And yep. then what happens out of that is you know, the prison population in the United States, which is arguably the worst incarceration city uh, um, system in the world, 85% mm. of those in prison, this came out in the Wall Street Journal a couple of years ago, 85% of those in prison have spent time in our foster care system. So Christians would simply adopt a child out of the foster care system. We'd empty the foster care system. What would happen to our prison population? It would dramatically wow. decrease. So the yeah. hope of the world isn't the government. It's not the system. It's not the prison system. It's just simply us living our lives out as followers of Jesus. Yep. Now, that in my mind is compelling vision. Like I go, I can get on board with that. Yep. Yep. Well, I, I don't even know if you remember this, but I mean, we've walked, uh, well, I know you remember this part, but we've walked streets of Ecuador together. Um, and then when your book, Small Matters came out, I mean, it just, it just did something. And at our church plant at the time, you know, uh, we were at in the middle of Michigan 
and you know our public schools i mean there are many many kids who just had never had a new a brand new pair of shoes and i read that book and i was like okay we've got to do something and it birthed this shoe project that Thrive Church is still doing, and I think they've given away something like 70,000, 80, I can't remember. It's thousands and thousands of shoes, and I just, you know, it's just another reminder that, you know, we've got to speak up for those because you spoke up, you know, I was able to run with some vision and our yeah, team Yeah, 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 but Jason, but Jason, you cast that vision. I mean, so you yeah. made it very doable. I mean, what was the essence of that? We want you to provide shoes for those who have new shoes. Here's, here's Jason, I just heard this recently that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip off and use. Somebody <laughs> in a class I was in recently said, uh, we were talking about diversity, right? And and kingdom kingdom diversity and justice. And you know, for me, it's always been okay, Greg. You've got to pull yourselves up by the by your own bootstraps and everything. But this guy said, "What if you're born without any boots? Wow. What if what if you're you know? Yeah, right now right? I'm like, is that compelling? Talk about a shoe project. Right. I mean, and that's true because just by the simple virtue of me being a white male born in the United States. I was born with boots that I could pull up my own bootstraps and move forward. But man, like those kids you were providing shoes for, they were not born with boots. And so the first thing we've got to do is get them the boots. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Okay. So let's shift for a second. Like for the, for our leaders who are listening, people who have influence, people who are going to stand in front of crowds or speak up in their small group, or they're going to lead a presentation at work or, you know, something what are the great, what are some of the components, your go-to components of a great vision talk? What are, what are some of the elements that you're like, okay, the, these are, you know, this is a necessary part of the recipe that's got to be involved in a great vision talk. Yeah. You know, so I think first of all, um, Jason, for those who, of us who are Jesus followers, um, I think it's a vision that's birthed from the heart of God that thrills our heart mm. um, within us. Um, I would say if, if you're not a Jesus follower and, and you're listening and I'm delighted that you are, it uh, comes from deep reflection and what really moves your heart. I don't I don't think any vision can be uh, cast um, with passion and to move people unless you feel passionately. Um, and for me, a passion driven connection with God mm. um, to, to move the ball forward. So I think there's that very initial foundational thing when we're talking about vision. And for me, um, vision isn't always fully birthed in Greg Nettle. That can be yeah. something where I, I can go to a team of people because I love team-based you know, leadership and say, hey, here's what I think I'm hearing from God. What do you all sense? And let's develop this vision together. Um, and that still comes back to us. Now, here's the second component. And I think this is probably the most important <laughs> one, critical in really doing well with vision, right? Um, it's being willing to go where you're asking other people to go. Oh. You have to go first, right? Right. Um, right. You, it, you just do it. If you're going to ask people to give shoes, by golly, you better be giving your shoes. If I'm casting vision about adoption, man, yep. we adopted. If I'm casting vision about foster care, we you know, became foster parents. If we're talking about planting a church, we've planted a church. If we're, you know, talking about uh, raising money, this is lots of leaders get screwed up in this one. Man, if I'm, if I'm casting vision to raise money, I better be able to say with all integrity. Right. And I want you to know that Stadia is a place where my wife and I invest heavily. Yep. Or, you know, I want you to know that Jason Rates and his family, my wife are and I are investing in this adoption too, because we believe in it, in what right. I'm asking you to do. And so I think that you have 
you know, that, that don't, don't ever try to cast vision for something you're not willing to lead in. And then I think the, I think finally, uh, Jason, for me, then, boy, there's just compelling crafting of the vision message. Right. And it, it's just hard work. It takes Mm -hmm. time. It takes, um, different ideations of, of the message and learning along the way, what, what works and what doesn't. And, um, and, re- and actually knowing what you're, you're talking about. And so out of that flow stories, the reason that we can compa- uh, cast compelling visions about church planting, let's say um, in India, um, where we're doing tons of church planting, um, I can say, listen, I want you to know, I have been there. I have been boots on the ground. I have hugged the children that we're working mm. with and um, came home and got, you know, E. coli because the sweat I got from the people I was hugging and love on. And, um, but I can tell you, this is a great kingdom investment. One of the best on the planet that I know about. Um, well, that's compelling because people go, oh, there actually are churches being planted there. There's church planters that Greg's and his team have been training. He was actually there, right? And so there's that experiential part that you bring to the table um, now, we right. can't experience everything before the vision. I mean, we're casting vision right now at, at Stadia about helping start multiple thousands of churches a year. Well, Stadia has never done that. You know, we plan to help start 456 last year. Um, but multiple thousands is something new for us. But that's the vision I'm involved in daily is crafting that new vision. Wow. And, and how do we move our team there and partners there with us? Wow. Wow. That I mean, there's... <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of gave us a master class in uh, putting that that vision cast together. That's just incredible. So how how does it change depending on if you're meeting just with someone one on one, you know, over cuz I'm in a season right now of building speak with people where, you know, I'm I'm heavily casting vision every single day either one on one with people or from behind a camera or from a stage, you know, how how do you change or ebb and flow depending on if you're meeting one on one or on a stage or you know, behind a camera like this. Yeah. So, so, you know, let's just, let's talk about the essence of vision casting in the first place. I think we have to work from a precedent, press, um, um, a, a precedence that this is about discipleship. It's about mm-hmm. coaching. It's uh, for me, it's about helping um, you know, our listeners become fully who Jesus intended them to be. Um, it's not about me getting resources from them necessarily. It's, it's not about what they can do for Stadia. My job is to say, um, how can I help you become a better follower of Jesus, um, help you better lead your organization? And so then we move into the, you know, the vision casting one-on-one uh, specifically, um, it's going to be more finding out first what what fires this person up. What has mm-hmm. God placed in their heart um, that are, they're passionate about? And and honestly, if it's public speaking and speaking, you know, getting crafting with their words, I'm going to send them to Jason Rates. Um, okay. Seriously. And, well, you know, you. if they want to invest in that kind of ministry, um, that's not I mean, we, we train preachers and stuff. Right. And yep. communicators. But but that's your ministry. So why would I reinvent the world? Uh, at wheel and try to get people into stadia when you're already doing it so well. Mm. And so we would, we would go, Hey, you need to talk to Jason rates. Um, but if they are, if I discover they're passionate about children or their grandchildren or, you know, the 1040 window where people are, have never heard the message or, or if it's inner city in San Francisco, you know, then that's when I can move into vision. So that can only happen one-on-one. 
um, or in, in small groups, or sometimes Jason, I, you know, I've been invited into small groups in somebody's living room to talk about, um, church planting. And so I know going in, this is the vision I'm going to be casting, um, with this group of people. When it comes to sitting down with high capacity leaders at an individual level, man, I better have my stuff. You know, I, there's some really, there's, here's a really good piece of advice about casting, um, uh, vision with, uh, high capacity leaders. It's, um, be brief, be bright and be gone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, you know, people are busy. And so you better yep. know what you're going to say and how to say it. And then if they want to spend more time, that's up to them. But you have a limited amount of time and scope to instill that vision. So you better have that crafted and be ready for that person. When you're on the big stage, on the bigger platform, you know, um, it's it's more topical. Typically, I, I know I'm yep. speaking in a couple of weeks in front of a couple thousand people. Actually, I'm, we're heading out to the Mosaics Conference. I'm going to be speaking there as well. And specifically there, um, I'm going to be casting vision. Um, Julie and I just moved into the city of Cleveland from living on three wooded acres in the suburbs. Mm. Um, and we moved into a condominium specifically so that we could move into an area of diversity. Wow. Um, because I'd been living in a 98% white neighborhood for 30 years. Well, now we're in a neighborhood where we're the minority racially. And that was back to that casting vision for the Stadia organization about becoming fully diverse and kingdom diverse for the beautiful, wow. you know, Revelation 7, 9 portrait and realizing, okay, Greg, if you're going to lead the way. So here I am, you know, in what would probably be the autumn of my ministry. Yep. And Julie and I are moving into the city of Cleveland uh, into a condominium. Um, with our 14-year-old son of Elijah, who's a freshman in high school now in a, you know, a, a, where he is now, my, my son Elijah is um, an African-American boy, and he is now the majority in his public high school, where he was the wow. extreme uh, minority in the past. My point being, so when I go to Mosaic and I get to stand on the stage and, and talk about that, it gives me credibility to say, hey, um, look, first of all, we are nowhere near where we need to be on this journey. And man, we have screwed up so badly and I continue to make mistakes. But here's the deal. We believe in this so much that Julie, our family, we just moved into the city of Cleveland. And so if we can do that, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to ask what God's compelling you to do, uh, Jason. And, you know, and and do you have minorities uh, or people of different races and cultures and ethnicities in your home on Saturday before you go to worship on Sunday and expect them to be there? And so I think there that, you know, that's big platform stuff yes. where you start telling those because stories on big platform, as you know, those move people and you yes. have to have those stories. Um, whereas with one on one, a lot of times with a high capacity leader, a lot of times I have to share some data as well. Data right. points. Right. That's huge. That's huge. You know, the to total sidebar in all of this. I, I just, man, I, I just love that you guys have made that move. I grew up in the city of Detroit, you know, spent my, until I was 18 years old. And still to this day, I had a moment, uh, I was probably 19 years old where I, I felt like God had called me to plant a church in the city of Detroit. And, you know, it, it did not happen until years later where I planted the church about three hours north of the city of Detroit, where I planted in it, like you're talking about, a largely, you know, white population. And yeah. uh, and I just always, you know, it's just one of those things where I was like, oh, man, did I, 
I, I missed that. You know, I know God used our. Yeah, you plan. did. You did, Jason. And so when you're ready to follow the call of God, you reach out to me and we'll make that happen. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, OK, getting back on topic. Uh, <laughs> have you had one of those moments? I mean, you I know I know you have. But does any moment stick out where you you felt the pressure? OK, I'm doing a vision cast and it just it just bombed, you know, it flopped. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, gosh, Jason. So here's one of the things I do for stadium. Now I do this, um, you know, a couple times a year because, you know, I have the privilege of talking with lots of high capacity, uh, financial investors for church planting. And so I get to share the great stories when someone, you know, strokes a $200,000 check for planting in India or, wow. you know, those kind of, th and that's really fun. Right? right. But I really need I really, I also share stories with the team and say, listen, um, I made a $50,000 ask today and um, it's not happening. They mm -hmm. flat out said, no, they're not interested because you don't want to always hear people to hear your success stories because then it's, it's, you know, boy, they just feel terrible when they're told no. But the reality is, is lots of times people don't, they're not interested in the vision God's given you right. or they're not ready for that vision right now. But I think we have to be really careful. And um, so we celebrate the ask. OK, mm. so I can't I can't determine how someone responds to a vision talk. Yep. What I can celebrate is that I cast the vision in a good way that yes. honored God. Yes, you're right. Yeah, that's a big difference. And that was a shift in my vision casting. Jason. Um, yep. and it's freeing, it's freeing dude. Um, when you go, okay, I've been faithful to God and the vision he's given and I've cast it compellingly and I can go to sleep tonight because now it's between God and whoever was listening. Yep. Um, it's not my deal to, you know, make it happen. Um, yep. so that's, that's a big deal. So yeah, here's, here's one of my worst, Jason. I was out in California. We were planting a church in the San Francisco Bay area and we needed to breeze. You know, I think it was like the price tag at that time was like $2 million mm. to launch a new church out there. And I was in front of a, a group of uh, probably 200 leaders and I, j I just got too emotional and tried to force it to happen. And I could see I was dying up there mm. Mm. and I still tried to do it. And quite frankly, uh, it, it took probably at least a year, if not longer, to heal that blow that I'd blown up on the platform and uh, lost credibility. Um, and so I had to really go back and evaluate how I walk into cer certain situations where I don't have the credibility I would maybe in Ohio right. raise funds for a church plant like that. Um, and then certainly with individuals, um, I, there's a there's a in, another individual out in the Bay Area um, who has unbelievable financial capacity, and mm -hmm. I've, I've met with him now three times, and um, there it's zero. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I can't. He, I, he keeps giving me an audience, and I can't quite figure out why. You know, but every time I cast the vision, he's like, "Man, I just love that. It's really good." And then you know, ghosting, nothing. Yep. So um, yeah. Yep. It's, it's something I'm, I'm in this new season and, you know, I, I, I can remember at thrive our first, you know, um, go at, you know, a building plan and I, you know, did the whole vision cast. I didn't sleep the night before, you know, get there on Sunday and, you know, I just do it. And, you know, on Monday I go to the team and I'm like, okay, let's go through the commitments. And it was, it was just one of those moments where I was like, okay, okay. All right. I gotta, I gotta keep learning from this because they're not always going to go you know, 
the way yeah, that you want to. That's right. And now I'm in that's a season right. where I'm casting vision for a new venture. And it's just, it's just so fascinating to kind of keep learning and growing, you know, as you reframe the story and you share what, what's happening. And so maybe, maybe some practical advice to some brand new people who are, you know, they're, they're developing talks or messages, you know, or asks, you know, to sit down with people like you're talking about some high capacity leaders. Is there any advice you could give them as they're kind of going into that? Yeah, I think Jason, um, there's, there's some really good stuff. So first of all, I would say work at your craft. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, there, there's some people, you know, where I can stand up. Um, I don't get nervous standing up in front of large crowds. Um, and I don't get intimidated in front of high capacity leaders. Okay. Um, but along the journey, man, I, if you'd look at my library, you know, on the walls around our house, you would see lots of books on communication. Um, you know, how to talk like Ted, um, because Ted talks are so, and that's the length that we're getting most days now, you know, 12 minutes ish. And so, man, read that stuff. Uh, watch, po- listen to podcasts, watch uh, Ted talks on communication. The, but um, I listen to comedians when I'm driving in the car because they're so good at timing. Um, you know, it's just genius. Listen to great communicators that you respect. Um, and don't, you don't have to become like them. But right. just listen to what they're doing, you know, the tense and the release of the dynamics of the talk and um, what you're doing with people's emotions, why you use humor to open people up so that then you can slip the knife in between their ribs and actually do the surgery that, that God wants to do. Mm. Those are those are all learned things. And so along the way, I've had some really good coaches in my life. And, you know, I'll never forget at Rivertree, we were doing two Saturday night services and three Sunday morning services. And I would come in every Saturday afternoon to make sure that the Saturday night first service crowd had the best message possible for me. Mm. I would preach that sermon in its entirety um, with six people in the room that seated, you know, 1200. And then after we, I taught it, they would sit down and critique wow. my teaching um, theologically, how I delivered it, stories. Hey, maybe you want to do this or switch this around. Um, man, that's gut wrenching. And you have to have people that you trust Um, but I'm amazed at how few communicators ask for feedback. It's absolutely incredible to me. Absolutely. Um, if, if I've cast vision somewhere and I know I'm going to have to give that vision talk again, I will almost always that I'm aware of go to people that I know sitting in there and I'll say, Jason, look, man, what, what didn't work? What could be better? Help me make this. Um, and So I think for people starting out, one of the most important things you can do is to get feedback Mm. on your communications and don't be scared of that. That's how you'll get better. Yep. Well, that's amazing. People forget that Tiger Woods always had a swing coach and Tom Tom Brady has a fleet of coaches that are just, you know, but somehow communicators, oh, no, no, I'm really good at my, well, okay, but there is so much to learn. Uh, So yeah, Yeah. you're you're exactly, So last question, as we kind of round this conversation for so many people casting vision, getting over that hump of just making the ask, you know, what do you think holds people back and any advice about, you know, making the ask uh, would be great. Okay. So I think there are a couple of things that hold people back. One is I think that you're, you always have to recognize that you're not asking for yourself. You are asking for people to join you on a vision, um, that, that God has placed on your heart. Okay. Mm. So 
that that's very very important when you feel yes. man i i don't like asking people for money for greg nettle um you know um when when we raised money to help you with adoption um quite honestly jason the the vision uh, message there it, it's not let's uh, get you know jason and family in better financial shape it's let's get this child a home let's yes. get this child a home and the vehicle is jason and his wife and um so so there's no problem there so I think there's that basic premise of, you know, why you're asking. I think the next thing is recognize that this is about discipleship. It's not about getting something. Yes. And so if I can help someone be a better follower of Jesus, um, then that's great. And then the third is, I think you celebrate the ask and you don't celebrate the result necessarily. You can, I always celebrate the result if it's a mm. win for sure. Yeah. But, um, but we celebrate the ask. And when you start doing that and have people in your organization, hey, you know what? It's okay. You made the, you cast vision. You made the asks for more children's workers in your church. And we got um, 10 of the 30 we need. You know what? I'm going to celebrate you because you made the ask. Now let's go back and talk about, was there a better way to cast that vision? Yep. And let's, let's, you know, in a very loving, trusting way, yep. critique that vision talk because we could have maybe got 20 people to work in children's ministry. Yep. Oh, that's incredible. Wow. I, again, I feel like you've given us a masterclass here and I so appreciate your time before we let you go. Just a few rapid fire questions. Our audience can kind of keep getting to know you, uh, where you've traveled the globe. Where is your absolute favorite place on the planet? Um, so I'm going to give you a genre of place rather than a specific place. It's climbing mountains. I absolutely <laughs> love mountain climbing with peers that I can coach mm -hmm. way up. We just, you know, I just did Everest base camp back in May and it was a blast to be at Everest and uh, three weeks in the mountains with a group of people. How cool, right? That, yeah. Just so that's incredible. my quick answer. Yeah. I, I, I love that one, especially because Dave Jane was with you and he had me preach yes, for him while yes. he was, while he was yeah. with you guys. And you raised, oh, awesome. you raised just, just yeah. a ton of money again. Yeah, we church. ended up raising six hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for children at risk through church planting. Incredible, um, right? I mean, how cool Incredible. is that? And you get to do something you love with people you love. Absolutely. Okay. Second rapid fire question: What's the best book you've read this year? Yeah. So, um, okay, it's one I, I reread, and I and and it's now discover your strengths. And okay. I just said that because I I read avidly, as you know. And I'm just going, man, right now, that's the one that's affecting me the most because I'm looking at making sure I'm operating out of my strengths and our team is and so forth. Last last one. One leader, alive or dead, uh, you'd love to have lunch with? Howard Stern. Okay. And I remember the Howard Stern story, so. Yeah, I still want to lead him to Jesus. You know, I think yeah. that, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'd love to have a follow-up meeting with him. That'd be amazing. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. Whew, this was this will be one I cannot wait to rewatch and re-listen. And we're, we've got so much great material here. You you have really uh, blessed us. So really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Uh, thank you again for listening to the Speak with People podcast. You know, we exist because words matter. And your world, our change can be changed through healthy communication. And so we help, uh, hope today's episode challenged you, encouraged you to choose words that bring life, uh, communicate in healthy ways. Just a reminder, uh, our speakers conference is right around the corner. Head to speakersconference.com. If you're a leader who delivers presentations, speaks from stages, influences behind the camera, 
we're coming together so we can all learn how to be more effective communicators and inspire others to lean in. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week on the Speak With People podcast.